Tidizel, what advice would you give someone who has just started out on their personal ADHD journey? Okay, I would probably say that you really want to focus on education and kind of getting around people that actually understand you. And look, I fully understand that that is a lot easier said than done. And that's actually why Barry and I created what's called the NeuroSpicy family. So basically, the NeuroSpicy family, we love them so much, but it is a membership for all ADHDers diagnosed or undiagnosed who are basically ready and wanting to really learn about their ADHD, get that education. They're ready to kind of connect with other like-minded people who are on that journey as well. And they're also just at a point where they're ready to actually embrace their ADHD and who they truly are. I'll give you a little bit of a rundown of how it kind of works. So every month we release a module or a masterclass focusing on one particular topic. In addition to that, our members also get access to daily support and advice. There's support groups, discussion forums. We even do a monthly book club, which is such a vibe. Um, One of my favorite things in this whole community is the accountability challenges we do. Um, which can be anything from, you know, great gratefulness or kind of like goals. Like there's lots of different ones that we can do in there. Um, And then we also have a monthly live call with all of our members, which is a lot of fun. The one thing I've noticed that most members always tell us is that it's the perfect mix between like education and community. Yeah, that is one thing our members really, really love. And, you know, honestly, when you get a diagnosis, it's already so confusing and overwhelming as it is. But, you know, one thing we really wanted to kind of achieve with this membership is kind of just making ADHD and navigating it as easy and as straightforward as possible. So guys, if you do want to learn more about the NeuroSpicy family, then feel free to check out the link in the description. It is open all year round. So jump on in and come say hi. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of the Tara and Barry Show. I'm Tara. I'm Barry. And this is our ADHD unfiltered episode where we answer your juicy, deep and and spicy spicy questions about all things ADHD, love and life. Nothing is off limits. And as always, guys, we will also be sharing some of your ADHD bloopers at the end of this episode. So make sure to stick around for that. But before we get into it, Baz. What do we get into, Tara? What's straight away? It's no, couples... I was asking you. Oh, it's couples therapy. Oh, yeah. I thought you yeah, were. <laughs> I'm telling you, lady. We are doing couples therapy as always, guys. Couples therapy is that time of week where... And we encourage most couples to do this, okay, where (laughs) you sit down, you have a chat with your partner and you kind of just let a bit loose in a fun way. And you you just air out your dirty laundry because I've got some this week. So yeah, couples therapy is designed where you guys get to share things that annoy, you know, annoy one another about each other basically. But it's got to be safe, judgment free. Judgment free. All the things. So Baz, what have you got this week? So this week, I'll I'll give everyone a bit of back backstory a bit of context give it to me tara loves to get popcorn from the cinemas and bring it home and watch a movie mm. so this week and and it always actually happens every week but this week was it was a long one and it was funny so tara 
Each time she oh has. Oh my god! You are not <laughs> telling that. Don't you are time. no. Turn this off. You are not Why sharing not? that. Why not? Oh my god! <laughs> You're a turd. So Tara and oh, I and myself. Oh my god! We, our body doesn't no, agree no. with the. I'm keep going. Our body doesn't agree with the popcorn. <laughs> So we both have a bit of gas. But I'm this mortified. Time, <laughs> but this time, Tara, <laughs> Tara started farting and laughed during it. So it was like, I'd say 10 to 15 seconds, but it went up and pitch and down and pitch with how she laughed. I had gas. It was hilarious. I ha- I'm not going to say I have IBS, but... I'm dairy intolerant, and there was a lot of butter on the popcorn. There was a lot of butter. We I'm both also are the gluten same, intolerant. Though. I don't know if popcorn. I wish I could ask Google this question right now, <laughs> but I don't know if popcorn has gluten in it. Probably. We both, we both let loose when we have the popcorn. Oh my god, that was so embarrassing! I cannot believe you. Actually it's just so said funny. It's so funny. Oh my god. But yeah, we're at that stage of our relationship, guys, <laughs> where I laugh and fart at the same time, and it's just funny. I don't know if that's Barry's a always such therapy. a Barry's always such a good sport about it when I let when I let go. The, the funny thing is she'll she'll look at me. She'll do it and just go. Oh my god! Really do you know what's so crazy? I used to be one of the not those girls, but I used to be when I was in relationships. I didn't fart. Mm. I did fart, but I mean, like, I didn't you would hide it. Yeah, I'd be clenching for you like co- ten hours straight. I mean, a few definitely came like. Slipped out, but like I don't know. That's My- a funny story. I remember the first time you fired in front of me. I don't remember. Do you remember you telling me to go away? You fired and then said, "Go away." Oh, that's when we were friends. Yeah, but yeah. you fired next to me. I went, "What was that?" And you, fought- <laughs> you said, I was sitting on the couch said, and we were away. just friends at the time. Run away. Go away. I'm like- <laughs> and I just like completely forgot that Barry. I was just in my own world and I just was like relaxed and I went. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then yeah i think you said something you were like, I was like what, oh, was that? what was that and, I was and like, you're like go oh away run you oh told God. me to leave i did i was like because i was paranoid that it was gonna have a little bit of a, a stench an odor to it yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah look i actually my dad i think it was my dad and my mom i think it was both actually they said you know you found the one when you can just let fart, loose, let yeah. loose. so funny because yeah. like i it's so weird but like yeah, I feel like I shouldn't throw my parents under the bus. But let's just say, <laughs> most happy relationships I've ever witnessed, not just my parents, other ones, is they can well, fight in front of each other. What do you do, though? Like, do you hide it for 50, 60 years and go outside each time? I don't know. I think it's a little bit of a red flag if your partner just instantly isn't sexually attracted to you if you fart, though. Do you know what I mean? Because, like, I think yeah. that's where the idea comes from. Because, like, guy, like, growing up, it's fine for guys to fart, which, one, so freaking unfair. <laughs> like, the amount of times I've, like, I remember I would be dating a guy and, like, I'd be, like, with them for eight hours. Mm. And I'd be, like, I still had dairy issues then. And I'd be, that's like, clenching my bum. Like, there was no tomorrow trying not to fart. Yeah. Not good for that you. can't be good for you, yeah. No. Anyway, also, but I think it comes down to the fact that, like, you know, if you fart, it's gross. Mm. And then if you're gross, you're not then attractive or like sexually appealing to your partner. But I feel like that's so messed up. Yeah. Like, well, it's like some people, some guys don't think the girls poo. I'm like, yeah, they do. I don't know where oh, this conversation's oh, we going. 
I don't know where this conversation's Why going. Why do you go to a girl's sleepover now? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so kidding. But, yeah, no, I, I don't know. I just, it kind of like. Every girl listening is like, yep, sleep. I'll be one of those. I feel like it's so weird. Like this, look. I could talk about this forever, but like, there's just so many things as girls, like there's these rules, these like un- unspoken rules where it's like, you're not attractive if you do X or like, you can't be seen as feminine or like mm. beautiful or still sexually attractive. If that, I can guarantee you, there's probably been a lot of people that have accidentally farted during sex. Hasn't happened to me yet, but mm. like, you should still be able to be just a little toot. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it's it pretty can funny. Be it's funny. Anyway. My couples therapy for this week, it's annoyed me all week this because Barry has this thing, right? And it's probably frustrates me because I'm more impulsive. I'm more of like the kind of person where it's like, you just take the risk. Mm-hmm. Barry is like risk averse. Like he does not want to take risk. What do you mean? Let me, let me okay. explain. Sorry. So when we're at a green light, <clears throat> we're at a green light, right? But it's a busy road. So let's say you're at an intersection, it's a green light, and there's all these cars that are going across, across the road, but they're piling up, meaning like there might be only like one or two spaces. And mm-hmm. it's like that moment where you have to decide whether you're going to go and potentially be like stuck in the middle of the intersection or not go. And yeah, like that's the choice. Um, the annoying thing is, is that... There'll be like three car spaces. No, there's And Barry not. will stay at the green light. You are full of it. You will stay at... Josh can back me up on this. Every single time you'll stay at the green light. And I'm like, Barry, go. That's we when... Can, we can... No, no, no. Remember yeah. our couples therapy rule. Mm. <laughs> there will be three, at best two. And I'm like, Baz, just go. Just go. Just go. And he's like, no, no, <clears> no. And then you get cranky at me. But it happens with everything. Like if we're okay. leaving the house, like it's just not not fast. Okay. Everything's just a process with you. Okay. It's okay. annoying. I apologize. Like if we're at Coles, you know, getting the rice off the shelf is like, hmm, just slow. Okay. Anyway, that's my, that's my apologize. couple therapy for the week. I'm just going to defend myself quickly. I have apologized, but I'm going to defend myself really quickly. When I stop, there's normally no spaces left. There is then, spaces left. No, 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 no. Then there is they go left. forward. You're lying. Then they go forward no, and then don't. you No, go, and then you no, still don't no, go. No, you give me a second to react. And you're Your like, reaction ah, time ah, is so slow. Ah, you haven't gone. You haven't gone. Yep. No, your reaction so, time and is slow. You, you would be the person that'd be in the <laughs> intersection where people are trying to get past. Again. Yeah. Probably, probably but yeah. also- I also wouldn't be so annoying the people life. behind me. I choose life. You choose just death. Just slow. You just want You it. need to be faster. No, shush. Anyway, guys. <laughs> no, we... no, no. I'm still going. Oh, oh, you've got more. I don't even have a second one this yeah. week. Tizzle has this amazing ability to complain about something. Like she <laughs> complains about getting pimples <laughs> from chocolate, but then we'll go and get chocolate. I have nothing to say to that. Yes. Exactly. That's just, you know, I just need to take my own advice. No one's coming to save you, Tara. No. No one's coming to get rid of the pimples other than you. But you just like the... I love chocolate. Yeah. It's a vibe. All right, you done? But that's annoying. That is annoying. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Barry. And then you go, can you get me chocolate? I'm sorry. I'm like, okay. I will probably continue to do that. Yes. <laughs> I don't see that one stopping. All right. We've got some juicy... 
Um, actually, I don't know if they're that. Yeah, I think they're juicy. <laughs> We've got some juicy, spicy questions um, for our ADHD unfiltered segment. So this is our new segment. Like we mentioned, it's where we answer your juicy, deep and spicy questions. So mm-hmm. let's get into it. I'm going to read number one. So <clears throat> I am 28 and I have been with my partner for six years now. It feels like everyone around me is already married, getting engaged or having babies. We've spoken about marriage before and we both want to get married with one another. I trust that we're on the same page, but I'm noticing myself becoming jealous of those around me and slightly frustrated at him. I really don't want to be that girl that begs for their man to propose to them, but I'm also starting to wonder what is stopping him or what he is waiting for. What should I do? Hmm. Mm. I think the f- there's like a few things in this that I feel like we need to talk about. There's a lot of different scenarios too, though. There depending is. Depending on <clears throat> what I think. For sure. But I feel like, firstly, she's 28. Mm. I feel like that's a pretty reasonable age to want yeah. to settle down Definitely. with your partner. Like, and I mean, even in saying that, like, there is, there is no really, there's no real right age for marriage. Mm. I mean, scientists say, <laughs> researchers say you should do it after the age of 25 because your brain is fully developed by then. Yeah. There's been a um, lot of people that I've seen and they're like, oh, yeah, 25. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, look, I think, I feel like at 28 or like really anything above 25, even though 25 is still quite young, I just, I feel like if you're at 28 and you're ready to get married, like I would understand why you would start to be feeling mm. jealous or kind of like, when's it going to happen? I think it's the For duration, really. The six, the six years. years. Yeah. yeah. Especially because, so what, they would have met when they were 22. Mm-hmm. So it's young. And then, and I feel like, I feel like that's the context here is that like, they've obviously been together when they were young and when they were growing up. Yeah. Which means they probably lived together. They've probably like had some life experience mm. together. So in all honesty, like, I feel like they're either at a point where like they know mm. Or they're wondering, like, what else could be out there? Yeah. Because, like, in all honesty, I don't know. And look, I have I have a pretty opinionated <laughs> stance on this because I have I have an opinion that we know you have an opinion. Y- you though. date to marry. Yeah. Like, put it this way: if marriage is just not what you're into, mm. like at all, then your partner should know that, mm. right? Like, that should have been a pretty early conversation. That like you just don't ever because some people just don't ever want to get married. Yeah, would you would you say that you date to marry after a certain age or always? Oh yeah, after a certain yeah, age. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But in the same sense, I think if you're not dating to marry, you're still dating mm. for a serious like a serious yeah. relationship. Yeah. Like, and look, that just might be my mind, but it doesn't really make sense to me to just date to have a boyfriend yeah. and to tick that box. I think mm-hmm. that's a problem in and of itself. Yeah. But like, if if you're dating, it should have an end goal. Yes, you yeah, guys true. should be like, "Hey, are we going to take this further?" Yeah. If not, you start, but you start dating with the intent. intent to be with that person. But it sounds like in this scenario, like, like she said, we've both spoken about marriage before, and we both want to get married with one mm. another. So now she's kind of at the point where, like she said, I don't want to be that girl that begs for a man to propose. And you know what? I hate that. I actually hate that. I yeah. I hate that women I knew you have would hate been that. <laughs> I hate that women have been like demonized for 
expressing what they want in a relationship. Especially with six years in. Yeah. Like, like, hey, I, I, I want one now. <laughs> I'm ready. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's obviously two individuals coming together and and kind of figuring out a timeline, but I just don't think like obviously, and I'm going to say this nicely, if you are in a relationship where you are constantly making jokes like, oh, when are you going to get a drink for me or oh, so-and-so, and it's like you're very clearly mm. letting your partner know that you are ready and you want them to be ready. There has to come a point in you where you decide, hey, am I now just wasting my breath? Yeah. Because if you've clearly communicated to your partner like, hey, in the next year, I'd love to get engaged. Or, you know, I see myself getting married here or I see myself blah, blah, blah. Like I think if you've done that and they're still just like, oh, eventually. Or like one thing I hear from a lot of partners is like, I'm I'm not going to do it unless you stop asking. Mm. Like, I just think that that's, I don't know. I would be kind of questioning my partner. I think what you say about giving that year or something like that, being like, would you really, would you look at getting married in the next year? Yeah. If you both are on the same page and going, yeah, we could see that. Yeah. And then it doesn't happen. Mm. Yeah, and that. and that's where like a boundary com- becomes really important because like like for example, this person they might have had a conversation three years ago, you know when she, when she was like twenty six or twenty seven, and mm. she might have said you know, oh, I'd love to get married before I'm twenty eight, and now she's twenty eight, yeah, and she's still not engaged. So now it's like, well, what does she do now? Mm-hmm. And I think that's where boundaries are so important. And like, not even boundaries, but really setting the expectation Mm -hmm. because like I even said to you, I was like, you know, which things changed because we are now going on another journey with a business and all the things. Um, So there was financial things that we had to consider, but I said to you, I said, you know, for me at this point in my life, you know, being with someone for X amount of time, I would really love to us us both be moving towards engagement and marriage by around that time. Yeah. And when I said that to you, I had all of those stupid little thoughts in my head of like, don't be that girl that has to ask a man to marry her. And I'm like, yeah, but don't be that girl that is waiting for six years and hasn't communicated her needs and is just waiting for a guy when he's ready. Like, I yeah. think it's just such a mutual thing. Um, But yeah, what are, what are your kind of thoughts? What do you think she should do yeah i think having that conversation like knowing where like you are of... and being like okay yeah i'm i'm probably i'm in the same position yeah how do we make this happen like as you brought up before with the fact of financials yeah um which can play a major role for yeah. some couples and i and i think to the whole thing of it, the guy's got to spend a certain amount of money yeah or what is it? What what is the actual thing where they say like four or three months? Oh of their yeah, there's that like, like that. yeah, there's that like rule. Not that it's a rule, but like yeah. this idea. I think it's like yeah, four months wage on a ring, which is yeah. quite a lot. It is a lot of money. Um, I'm sure that was just made by for marketing for the ring companies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely. And like, I think if if you're asking for a ring that is so far out of a the person you're with's um scope of budget budget yeah you, you, 
he's no way he's going to be able to do that. Oh yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Like if I if I came to you and I was like, hey Barry, in the next two years, you know, by the time I'm twenty nine, I'd like to be engaged and married. Yeah. And I said to you, oh, but the ring has to be over seventy thousand dollars. <laughs> You'd be like. Huh? Like, huh? Okay. like uh, yeah. that's obviously, but yeah. that's also where you need to be like, Hey, that's not going to happen. Yeah, so, yeah. And then at the end of the day, this is where you actually have to take responsibility for your relationship and meet in the middle and say, okay, maybe the 70,000, which is, that's a lot of, money. a lot of money. Like that's a, that's a big ring. Yeah. <laughs> if you've got that kind of money, <laughs> you're listening to this, tell me how. <laughs> um, but yeah, like $70,000 for a ring. But even then, like some rings can be like fifteen or 10000 or, mm. you know, they can be a lot of money. So I think that can be a lot of pressure. But I think that these are all just conversations that need to be yeah. had. Because at the end of the day, if it's just getting engaged for you, yeah. you know, a ring that's two, three, I mean, in today's market, like four yeah. grand, it's still a lot of money, but it's a nice ring. You can get a quite a nice ring for that. Mm. And even then there's beautiful moissanites out there. There's, there's lab diamonds. Yeah, there's lab diamonds. Like there's, yeah, there's so many beautiful options out there. Yeah. And I think that's what you need to be able to express to them. Because mm. if, if that's the only thing that's stopping them, then yeah. But I think what I would suggest is just opening up and having a conversation and really getting clear about the objections. Like yeah. what's stopping and if it's kind of, if it comes down to that one statement of, I'm just not going to until I'm ready, well, then I would, I would really question it, question yeah. it because I really think that as a partner, if you are even considering going into a marriage with someone, you guys should be relatively on the same page. Like when Barry and I had this conversation, it wasn't me convincing him. Yeah. It was a, hey, let's make a plan for our future. We both want this. Well, I think too, it's, it's saying, Hey, I would like to get married at the end of the year or towards the end of the year or next year. Do you see yourself as that in that area as well? Yeah. And be like, no. Okay. We can go our separate ways. Yeah. Um, it gives the freedom of no one wasting their time. Yeah. I think too, like when you're getting to that age and if you are looking to get married, I know on the female's behalf in the way of reproduction and like having kids and everything 30s normally the time when you're looking for it so you don't want to be hanging around with the guy that's not yeah willing to go that route yeah you you yeah and i look everyone's on their own timeline and i think that's that's completely up to each individual Individual, and that's that goes the same for your partner if your partner's you know a guy and he's you know he's not wanting to get married until he's 40 that might not work for you but that's a call that you have to make yeah um but yeah, I think just getting really clear about what the objections are, like what's stopping them. Is it, you know, the fact that they have fear around marriage? Is it the fact that, you know, they, I guess, have the idea that like being married equals being locked down to you? Mm. And then you have to kind of dig into that <laughs> and go, okay, well, if you think you're going to be locked down to me, then... I don't know. Like, I wouldn't want that. Yeah. Like, if you even suggested that, I'd be like, okay. Hmm. Like, in the, uh, yeah. There's a whole Bachelor party is like a whole nother thing, but like, <laughs> there is actually, I, I find it, yeah. And I can already hear my inner monologue of like, don't be that girl. But like, I actually hate, like, I am repulsed by the idea of like, men seeing their bachelor party, even women. And it just being like this last night of singleness, like you're not, you weren't even seeing, like you were in a committed relationship anyway. Why is that the night you go and see strippers? And, and like, that's not, that's not to judge anyone that's been in that situation. Cause I know, I understand that's a very common Mm -hmm. 
thing in today's day and age, but like, I just think it, what is it bringing into relationship? Like, is it, you know, yeah, I, I guess that's not how I would like to, that's controversial, but yeah, I think like the, the point I'm bringing up or the point I'm making about the bachelorette bachelor Mm. parties is that it's that idea that getting married is you're missing out on something like you're saying goodbye to a life or this and that whereas like when I think of a marriage and a future with you it's if anything it's more exciting than any Mm. you know single night out could possibly be like if anything we'll be out dancing and partying together like it's it's a nice thought and yeah I don't know I guess my advice would definitely just be I think just ask and even just let them know your insecurities. Like, just say, I don't, I, I feel really insecure saying this. Like, I don't want to be that girl, but this is how I'm feeling. Like, yeah. I'm starting to resent you because you're what's stopping me from having the future and the timeline that I kind of want. Yeah, I think the fact of you wanting to communicate and communicating allows me not to mess up. Like, saying, yeah. I don't like the bachelor party thing. Okay. Yeah. I won't do that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not that big of a thing. Like it becomes a big thing when I don't know that you don't like it and yeah. someone organizes it and I'm like, oh, sweet. Da, 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 da. Yeah. And you go, I don't like that. I'm like, oh, uh, okay. I could have done without it, but now you're in this awkward situation. Yeah. Um, but the fact that I know that you don't like that is I'll do, I'll go play golf for the day or I'll go do something else. It's just having that communication yeah. and actually being able to yeah, get clear on what the boundary is, what the expectation is, and then making the choice accordingly. Yeah, and it's vice versa. Like if there was something yeah. that I didn't like you doing on the night, then I'll let you know. It's not and I think people come across and make it out like it's controlling. It's like I it, yeah, it's I'm controlling you, you can't do that, but it's it's something I don't like. I personally don't see value in and Yeah. If you want to be with that person, then you make those those changes. Or not changes, you don't do those things yeah and look I think this kind of gets to the root of like almost a deeper issue because at the end of the day usually when most disagreements about things like this happen it's because you don't value the same thing Mm. so like for me I don't value the idea like I value um trust Mm. and I value loyalty like they're very big values for me and I as a partner and you as my partner, I want you to kind of have those same values mm-hmm. because I think that that's really important. So yeah. to me, you know, loyalty, that doesn't necessarily look like you're going to a strip club. No. Right? That's not, that doesn't scream loyalty <laughs> and, and, to me. And some, some couples go yeah, with 100%, each other and that's perfectly fine. 100%. But, and look, I, if you and I ever got to a, <laughs> if you and I ever got to a point where I was like, oh, hey, goodness. let's fight. <laughs> I mean, like we've we've been to shows and stuff. Tara's before. hyperfixation no, becomes no, no. strip clubs. No, like we've we've been to shows and stuff before, but it's like it's a mutual decision. It's yeah. a mutual thing. So, I think that's where it's like, it's being able to say, "Hey, loyalty is a big thing for me." You being like, "It is for me as well." And so I say, "Cool, that makes me that doesn't scream loyalty to me." And you're like, "100 percent." Like I'm okay, down. Yeah. Like there's not going to be an argument when you share the same values because. Yeah. You share the same values and you're already on the same page. And that kind of brings it back to this question. Like if you value marriage and you value loyalty and partnership, then getting married is a no brainer. Yeah. For if that's what you guys want mm. um, or even, yeah, what, like whatever it ends up being. But like, yeah, like for this person, like it's really asking the question, like, do you value mm. marriage? Do, do yeah. you 
kind of taking it back to the basics. Yeah. Do you want to get married? Communication and values. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to get married? Do you want to see a future? Mm. And I think, yeah, that's just something that you guys have to, and if they say no or not yet, or in the next few years, like you have to make the decision if that's right for yeah. you. And standing up for yourself and saying, okay, um, another year. Yeah. But then when does it become another year, another year, another year? That's up to the person. Yeah. You have to be able to say, and, and look, we, we talk about this actually now in, in our courses because um, boundary setting is so important, mm. but like a boundary is only a boundary so long as there's actually an outcome. Yeah. Meaning like, for example, if I was to set a boundary and say to Barry, like, you know, hey, this isn't even a thing in our relationship. You've, you've set plenty of boundaries in the in the past. So have you. <laughs> yeah, no, 100%. But, but like, you've been like, I, I value this. Do you value the same? And I'm like, oh, I've had to go away and think about it and then come back and say, yes, I do. Yeah. Okay. A prime example of a boundary would be, let's say I said to Barry, yes, you can borrow my, he wanted to borrow my headphones, so I gave him my headphones. And I said, but if you break them, you're going to have to replace them. Right. So he comes back to me and he goes, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I broke your headphones. And I'm like, cool. You have to replace them or I'm never going to lend you anything again. If he replaces them, then he can borrow something again. If he doesn't replace them, then he never gets to borrow anything again. If he doesn't replace them and then I'm like, oh, well, he can just use Mm -hmm. my next pair. That means you set a boundary. But it doesn't mean shit because, well, they broke it and they still get to use it. Do you know what I mean? So, like, it's kind of that. It's like you can set boundaries in relationships, but the boundary is only as useful as the Mm. outcome and you following through on the outcome. Yeah. Right? So, it might be if you cheat on me, the outcome is we break up. If they cheat on you, you find out and then you stay with them then that boundary was pointless because now you just look like someone that sets a boundary and doesn't follow through and that basically they can just get away with it. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, back to the point, I simply would just say, have that, yeah, have that conversation and just, just really set and set a boundary, set an expectation and say, Hey, you know, let's say you're 28. Let's say I would really like to be engaged before I'm 30. Mm -hmm. Right. Once you're 30, if it still hasn't happened, you need to specify that now and you need to say, hey, if we get to 30 and it still hasn't happened, I'm really going to have to reconsider if you're serious about me and it might end up in us parting ways. Yeah. So that's that's the kind of thing. And, you know, I think a lot of times in relationships, we... Our partners can say to us, well, why are you giving me an ultimatum? It's not Mm. an ultimatum. It is a boundary. It is saying, hey... This is how I, this is what I want. And at the end of the day, nobody is allowed to tell you how you mm. run your life at the end of the day and what timeline that looks like for you. Yeah. But it's not an ultimate. I mean, oh my God, in a way it kind of is, but like. It's an ultimate, it's an ultimatum, but it looks after your. It does. Your, yourself. If your not, interests. you'll be 35 and. No kids. And still not, not, not where yeah. you want. And that's a you choice. Might have kids, but you might not be married. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's still a choice you get to make, yeah. but. Yeah, like, don't be loose around setting boundaries. Yeah. Set a boundary only when you're ready because otherwise people cross them and then they learn that they can cross them. Yeah. And then they actually do you more harm than they do good. Yeah. So and then you resent. Yeah, you do. You resent yourself and you resent, resent them. them. yeah. Yeah. Okay. Second question, Baz. I'm going to read mm-hmm. it again because it's for you. Oh. Okay. Barry, this might be a weird question, but 
One thing I love about you and Tara is how it seems like the two of you complement one another. It honestly feels like you give Tara the space to be in her feminine and you to be in your masculine. Have you got any tips around this, especially in a fiery ADHD relationship? Well, it always has, it hasn't always been like that. Mm. I think at the beginning of our relationship with my trauma and stuff that I've been through, we were in opposites. But even then I was in a very masculine. That's what I said. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> sorry keep going. We, are you are you zoning out no, no, keep going. <laughs> um so i was in my feminine and tara was in her masculine because i had learned or the way i got love and affection was from being in my feminine i thought if you're in your masculine people were scared of you and um it wasn't a real love so tara and i had to have a conversation and it was a very long conversation multiple conversations and yeah we, we, Tara basically said to me that I need you to be in your masculine so I can be in my feminine. And I went to coaches and I, I worked through a lot of my trauma to get to the point where I can start being in my masculine and Tara can start being in a feminine. It wasn't, it wasn't an easy, yeah. easy time, but it has been worth it in the way that we, the place that we are now. It, it also wasn't, um just you like for example like let's say barry went into his masculine and i was still in my masculine Mm. we would just be butting heads yeah um it took both of us being able to kind of step Mm. out of that um and go into these different kind of and it's still a battle sometimes like i've had to tell tara i'm like tara you want me to be my masculine but you're not allowing me yeah and she goes oh okay i apologize and then shifting yeah it's really being aware of that but you know um and this this look this is going into kind of a scope that barry and i aren't necessarily experts in the feminine masculine energy but it's really just a balance Mm -hmm. it's that balance and you know for some women or for some people you know they're masculine is where they're actually meant to be and for some men you know the feminine is where they're meant to be and mm-hmm. it's just having that balance in a relationship yeah like it, it's not gender specific yeah um but for us i am my best when i'm when i am in my feminine mm-hmm. i think for such a long time you know with previous trauma myself and and different things like that i was in my masculine yeah and it actually took being able to heal those parts of myself and being able to step into that softer safer side where I didn't have to be this like self-sufficient I mean Mm. I'm still self-sufficient but like you know this like independent woman I don't need no man kind of vibe like that's how I was at the start I was like you know what like I was very feisty very intense and I think to kind of make it specific about ADHD I think as someone with ADHD you kind of take on a more masculine independent role because mm. you kind of have to be to to survive and sometimes yeah. you can get a bit of like a hard shell yeah um and i think look i'm not speaking for everyone that was just my experience yeah. but i i do know some other adhds as well and they they have quite a similar experience where sometimes they've had to be in control of so much that letting go of that control for their partner can be yeah. a lot would you say it's because they don't understand like the the non-adhd partner doesn't understand so they yeah feel like they need to understand and carry it for themselves. I think that's for sure it. Like 
the moment you started learning about my ADHD and understanding the true me, mm. I felt like I could like let go. Yeah. And I was like, he gets me. Like he, he just gets it. And like that sense of he gets me allowed me to like, yeah, step into that kind of feminine energy, mm. so to speak. Um, but this is definitely still an area that like we're learning yeah. more about. And look, there's, there's a lot of stuff on the internet about the feminine and masculine energy. And, and that topic in and of itself can be not toxic, but somewhat go too far. Yeah. As well. So understand that when we speak about this, it's coming from a balanced perspective and it's coming from just a balance that works well in our relationship. Yeah. And I truly think it's one of the things that saved our relationship mm-hmm. um, early on as well, because I think, yeah, you had to learn a lot of the ways of like how to be masculine without being this like toxic, yeah, like yeah. aggressive. And you had to have that feel safe for you. And like yeah. that was a value for me. So like I grew up with a, um, a healthy masculine dad who mm. was, who was there emotionally. He was like, he was just had that balance that was yeah. just so beautiful. And I really craved that like leadership. Yeah. Um, and, and he, re- and I really craved that like leadership, mm. which was like, like ironic at the time because I was still in that, like, I'm the leader, I'm the boss, like yeah. all that. And so it was like, it was like a letting go phase, but also like allowing you to rise and like, you, yeah, you stepping into that, I feel like has given our relationship so much. Yeah. Just so much more depth. I think both of us allowing each other to feel safe in shifting and the growing pains that are with that shift. Yeah. And we're not perfect. I no. Still, I still have my stuff and you still have your... I still be and try and be a control freak. Yeah. As I'm sure you guys can tell by this podcast. <laughs> No, this is just in the place, like with the podcast, it's just in the place where you thrive. You love a chat. Love a chat. Love yeah. some love some teaching. <laughs> love a good teaching moment. But yeah, no, I think I think you answered that well. Mm. I think the tips, the tips around it though would just be like I think first learning the difference. Yeah. Between the tw- between the both the two between of them. Between both, yeah. And it, it really is it's such a journey that like mm. it's it's a good like I mean, we're still going through it. <laughs> it's a good like year to two year kind of. Yeah, it's not quick. Kind of journey, but it's really just recognizing like what's led you to be in in imbalance. Yeah. And then both of you taking that role. Yeah. So the tips for an ADHD relationship in that way would be understanding. Yeah, for sure. The massive thing is understanding, allowing each other to go through the, as I said, growing pains in that situation. Yeah. And then changing <laughs> yeah changing, making making the making the changes taking those steps, yeah. yeah for sure i liked those okay. questions they were good they were good questions they were good all right guys yeah. we're gonna get into the bloopers for the day adhd bloopers as always guys make sure to send some through send to us and i will start them off so the first one is lately my favorite game that has be- become a joke between my husband and i is what we call adhd <laughs> hide and seek looking for things that we <laughs> That you just saw or had in your possession and now can't find. For example, my husband was looking for the TV remote and we couldn't find it. I went to get ready for bed and found it in my jacket pocket. <laughs> Turns out I had it all along. I can't tell if this is sarcastic or actually a game that they play. <laughs> I think it's a game. You reckon? Yeah. I think it's slightly sarcastic. No, I think it's, I think it's a game. I think it's honestly a game because you would Favorite get frustrated. Game. Oh, yeah, true. But making I it like a game that. is funny. 
It's always the keys for us. Yeah. It's the keys. What else well, is it the that goes is, missing? No, no. The other day was the keys because you have gotten rid of a shelf that we have that where I dumped all my stuff so I remembered where it True. was. So I've now... I'm finding a new spot. I feel like I'm putting it everywhere. Yeah, that's actually very true. I got rid of the um the nice spot. Yeah. What else do we lose quite frequently? My sunnies. Sunnies. Headphones, earphones, drink bottles. Yes. God, everything. Phone. Even Josh Outfits. was saying the other day, having an Apple Watch is like yeah. the best thing about having an Apple Watch is being able to beep your own phone. Yeah. Definitely a vibe. It saved you multiple times. That sound goes off multiple times in our house. <laughs> I love that game though. All right. Next one. This is from Hannah. Okay. So I was riding my bike last year and my tire was making a noise. So I tapped the front of the tires with my shoe and the noise stopped because my brain was like, it's totally fine to tap the front tire whilst I'm cycling. Anyway, the noise started again and I did the same thing. But this time, oh no. Oh no, but this time my foot has gone into the front tires and I've flown over the handlebars, knocked myself out and spent four days in hospital with concussion, almost fractured shoulder and a foot. Oh shit. Now I ride with cleats so I physically cannot touch the the tire with my foot. She's physically had to stop herself from death. Oh my God. The impulse was there. Yeah. The illogical thinking. I worry about that though. The first time I wore cleats, I just... You get to the point where you stop and you forget you haven't taken your your feet out. And then I know. Go, I was going to say, just I, roll over I remember saying to you, I was like, if we ever go riding, because Barry's yeah. mum is a cyclist. And I was like, if we ever go riding with those things, I'm like, I'm not wearing them because I just know I'll get to the traffic lights and I'll be like, shit. Because <laughs> it's such a slow thing. You're like, notice. And you're like, ah, damn it. Um, <laughs> you just fall but over. But the first time I stuck my elbow out and landed all on my elbow. But you oh. just, then, then you don't do that again because then you just tuck and roll. And you get God. used to it. But well, I, I hope um I hope you're okay, Hannah, because <laughs> that's brutal. That's hilarious though. Oh my god, four days in hospital. That was an imp- that How was do you explain a- that to the doctor? <laughs> I put my foot in my front tire. She's like, Well clear why the hell did you think that was a good idea? They're like, So did some kid throw a stick into it? No. I I, I I did it to myself. Do you know what this reminds me of? What? Okay, this might sound weird. <laughs> you're waiting for my what? <laughs> but growing up. Do you remember the fork in the toaster situation? Oh, yes. No, knife in the toaster. Knife in the Long. toaster. That's it. I, that's a silly Billy. My whole life, whole life, I did not know that you could not put a knife in a toaster to get the bread out on. when it gets stuck, on. when it's on. That was on. My whole life. You hurt I've, my brain I've, sometimes. I've, I, I remember moving out of home and I'd lived out of home for a good couple of years and my my ex, yeah, my boyfriend time, at the time, me. and Barry, <laughs> who would live with us at the time also, he, the, I was getting the toaster, the toast yeah, yeah. out of the toaster as it was still on because I was worried that it was going to burn. And then we both went, what? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> I was like, what? Still trying to get it still out. Still trying to get it They're out. They're like, get the knife out of the toaster. So, yeah. And you asked Google, I think, after that. Probably. Google Home wasn't around, <laughs> but you asked Google on your yeah, phone. Yeah, I did, I did. Or Siri. Yeah. And Siri was like, do not do that. I was like, oh, okay. But yeah, it's kind of one of those things. Yeah, I didn't, I mean, at that point, I didn't even realize it was a bad idea. Oh, all right, guys. Well, thank you so much for sending them in. <laughs> that wraps up today's episode. Please, 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 please make sure to send through all your ADHD bloopers. And if you do have any juicy, deep, dark secrets, um, not secrets. 
questions <laughs> <laughs> or secrets we would like to yeah, know. Yeah, juicy, spicy. Um, Feel free to send them through. They don't have to be ADHD specific. We just want to answer questions simply because at the end of the day, you've got ADHD, but you still have a life. So mm -hmm. ask us all the questions you would like and we will see you guys next week. Yes. Make sure then. to jump over to the Facebook group. Um, come hang out. You can send your questions through there or the Instagram yes. account. But until then, give us five stars, guys. Five stars. Jump five stars. There. Ask some questions and we'll see you around. Love you guys. Love see you all. Bye. Bye.